0: How long does it take to be saved? John Carter was going to give the answers to this powerful question at the Manila programs. Now, because of a global pandemic, John Carter now teaches from his studio in Los Angeles. This important presentation is about the three prodigals, the Pharisees, and how and why God loves bad people. Here is John Carter.
1: Hi friend, I'm John Carter. Welcome back to the second part of the program. How long does it take to be saved? Do you want to be saved? This program is for you. And a special greeting today to our great friends in the city of Manila. Now, we should have been in Manila right now, but there came along this virus, COVID-19. And so in lieu of that, we're going to send you this message with our blessings and our best wishes all of our friends in the great city of Manila. So the topic is, this is part two, how long does it take to be safe? And then we're going to talk today about the three prodigals. Three prodigals? Absolutely. What does the word prodigal mean? Would you like to know what it means? Well, a prodigal is a person who is extravagant, uh, abundant, uh, uh, generous, over and beyond And today we're going to tell you that there are not just, well, there's not just one prodigal, but the Bible tells me really there are three prodigals. That is the topic today. We're going to pick it up from the first segment. We're going to repeat a little bit. Uh, Going to come now to Luke chapter 15 and verse, let me see, verse, verse 11. Here it is. A certain man had two sons. And one of those boys is the traditional prodigal son. And then the next verse, I think it is, let me see verse, where it is, verse 12. Here it is, verse 12. Luke 15, verse 12. The younger of them, we call him the prodigal. Younger of them said to his father, Father, give me, hey. That's the cry of the lost soul. Give me, hey, I want more. I need more, what do you want? More, give me, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. This young guy is such a prodigal that he can't wait until the old man is dead but he wants his share of the inheritance and he wants it, you know when? I want it now, give me and give me now. He is a prodigal. And then if you notice, please, verses 13 and 14, it says, not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country. And my friend, I got news for you. When you get away from God, you go to a far country. You may think it's going to be great, but it's not. It's the far country. And they wasted his possessions with prodigal living. What's this word prodigal mean? Are you listening to me? It means extravagant, abundant, over and beyond. So he just spends and spends and spends. Verse 14, I think, is the next verse I'm supposed to be reading. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, he began to be in want. What a silly boy. Starts with, give me, give me, give me. And after a while, he leaves everything. He goes goes away from the father's house. A, he's a know-it-all boy. He knows everything. He thinks his father is just an old fool. What would the old man with the white hair know? And so he, he just leaves the father's house. The warmth and the security, and he goes into a distant place, and it's not as good as he thought it was going to be. But for a while, it is super good. And if you can believe the words of the elder brother, he wasted his money not only on food and wine, but he spent it on prostitutes and harlots. So you don't have to have a lot of sympathy for this boy because he is a waster. But the good news of the gospel is this man receives sinners. God loves the prodigal son. He loves you and he loves me because God's love toward us isn't based on our righteousness. It is based upon his grace, his goodness, his mercy, And God doesn't say, give me, God is the God of giving. And so off he goes. Uh, There he goes. He wastes all his money. And uh, the elder brother said he spent a bit of that money also on prostitutes. Verse 15, uh, let me see, verse 15. Then he went, joined himself to a citizen of that country. Uh, this is not too good for him. And he sent him into his fields, you'll see why it's not too good, to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. Hey, it's not so good, is it? When you get away from the father's house, my brother, my sister, it's not so good. The stomach is, is empty and the soul is empty. And so here is a young guy, he's the prodigal boy. He takes his father's money and he goes into a far land and he spends his money as though, you know, there's nothing to stop him. He he has no reservations. He has no restrictions. So he spends and he spends and he spends, like you and like me on many occasions. When we get away from the father's house, we think we're smart. And so this boy spends all his money And then he's got nothing left and he's very empty inside. Hear what I'm saying? When you get away from the father's house, you can be very hungry in your belly and you can be very hungry in your soul. And this boy is hungry in his soul. And he goes and he joins himself to a man who sends him out into the field. And the man says to this Jewish boy, get out there, boy and feed the pigs. What humiliation for a Jewish boy. He's out in the fields and he's feeding the pigs. And he gets so hungry that he wants to eat the pig feed, the swill and the garbage. But nobody gives to this boy anything because he doesn't deserve it. But who does deserve it? Look at verse, can I see if I can find it? Verse 17, here it is, verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hide servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Oh. When he came to himself, you know what that is called? That is, my friend, the Great Awakening. There is a Holy Spirit. You listening to me? And the Holy Spirit comes and talks to the boy down in the pig pen. And the boy comes to himself. You and I will never be saved and get back to the Father's house until we have a spiritual awakening and we come to ourselves. I want to ask you today have you come to yourself? Because, my friend, uh, If you haven't come to yourself, you're never going to get back to the Father's house and perhaps you don't even realise that you're down in the pig pen. But when we're down in the pig pen and things look as bad as they can be, I've got good news for every one of us. When we are down in the pig pen, we have a Father and that Father loves us in spite of our stupidity. Now, I'm going to read on a little bit further, verses 18-18. And 19, verses 18 and 19, he says, I will arise and go to my father. Hey, that's the best decision you can make. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. You know what what that's called? That's called repentance. Now repentance doesn't come easy to our sinful human hearts. and sometimes, before we repent, we've got to get down into the pig pan, and when we're down in the pig pan, and we realize how far down we've come and we realize how good the Father's house is and was, then if we open our hearts to the Spirit of God, we come to ourselves. That's the hardest thing that can ever happen to us is to come to ourselves. And so, okay, he says, I'm, I'm going to go back. And then you come to verse 20. Verse 20. I want you to notice verse 20 because this is amazing. And he arose from the pig pan and came to his father. Came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. Hey, the father's looking down the road. His father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. In the Middle East, that's one thing old men don't do. They're too dignified to want to to run. They, They walk slowly, and they walk with dignity. But this old man so loves his son, he puts aside his dignity. He's been looking down the road for that boy and he's been looking down the road for a long, long time. God's been looking down the road for you, brother and sister. You may be down in the pig pen, you may have turned to go back and God is looking down the road because The Pharisee was right when he said, this man receives sinners. This is why Jesus is telling this story to show that the Pharisees on this one occasion had finally got it right. This man receives sinners. This is called the gospel. That God doesn't treat us as we deserve because God is gracious and God is merciful. So the father is looking down the road. And you look at now, verse, what have we got up to? Verse 21. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. <laughs> the father doesn't let him finish the speech. Verse 22 to 24. It's almost too hard to believe, verses 22 to 24. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, a ring, yes, and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Listen, I told you there are three prodigals. You want to know who the second prodigal is? You get it? What does the word prodigal mean? Extravagant, abundant, generous, over and (laughs) beyond. well, the second prodigal is the father who represents God. Over and beyond, he is extravagant. He goes over and over and over and over again. So the father doesn't let this young guy get through with his speech, but he says, welcome home, my boy. And he, he gets a robe and he puts it on him and the robe covers up the filth. That's God's gift of forgiveness and grace, righteousness. Righteousness. It's a gift. We can't earn it. That's where the Pharisees got it wrong. The Pharisees thought they could make up the robe. You can't make it up. So he puts this robe on him. He puts a ring on his finger. The father is not a Pharisee. And so the father puts a ring on his finger. The Ring of Sonship. Are you getting this? Pharisees couldn't get this because their hearts were too cold. And the Pharisees were the super-religionists, always, always, always putting it on, always going to the house of worship. But they never had it in their hearts. They were as cold as an iceberg. And sandals on his feet. And then he says, we're going to have a party. Amazing thing, Jesus spoke so often about parties. People say, no, no, we don't like these parties. You've got to be terribly solemn all the time. True religion and true Christianity is being solemn and looking as though you're in pain all the time. But the word gospel simply means good news. It is the good news that even though I have been down in the pig pen, there's a father who's the greatest prodigal of them all. And he puts on a party and there's singing and there's music and they're joyful, which is the symbol of the gospel. The Pharisee could never get the gospel. He always was such a a long-faced, sour person, always quoting tradition, the defender of orthodoxy, a spiritual pain in the neck. And so... Glad to be it because he thought the more sour he was, the more he was acceptable to God because he thought God was like he was. But God is not like the Pharisee. God is the father who is warm and sunny and loving and forgiving. Number of great truths we've got to learn. Man is far worse than he ever feared to think. But God is far better than he ever dared to hope because God is the prodigal. How long does it take to be saved? When you come to yourself and you return to the Father and the robe covers your sins, you can be saved now. You say, no, I don't believe any of this, what John Carter is preaching. Just don't believe any of this stuff. It's all hair. Well, it's what Jesus taught. This is what the Pharisees hated. Don't believe the doctrine of the Pharisee. Don't be a Pharisee. So you can be saved now. You can have the robe on you now. You can be forgiven now. You can be justified now. And you can rejoice now. And you can praise the Lord uh, and you can do it now. How long does it take to be saved? As long as it takes to come to yourself and to come back to the father's house. Okay, let me say it again. Prodigal, prodigal, what does it mean? Well, it means extravagant. And I told you there's a third prodigal, didn't I tell you that? Well, let me bring him forth now. He's not a very nice character, but we gotta, gotta look at him because some of us have to live uh, you know, around people like this. Luke 15 and verse 25 to 28. Now his older brother was in the field. As he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. What a scandal. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. and Because he's received him safe and sound, Your father has killed the fatted calf, but he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. There's the third prodigal. That's the Pharisee. Prodigal? Yeah. He's extravagant in his self-righteousness, in his meanness, in his legalism, in his criticism. There are some people who think that the more critical they are, the more pious they are. I've got news for you. The more critical people get, the further they get from God. But here is this guy, and he's standing out there, and he's got a long face, and he's full of criticism because uh, the prodigal son, his brother, has come home. And, you know, the elder brother represents the Pharisees. The people are always there, and other people, super religious. And the Pharisees are not dead. There are plenty of Pharisees alive today in the church. But a Pharisee cannot be saved until he comes to himself and knows that he's been in a pig pen too. And he needs to know that the father loves him also. Now verses 29 and onwards. 29 and onwards. So the old father answered and said to his So he answered and said to his father. That's the elder brother. Lo, these many years I've been serving you. The Greek says slaving. Arrgh. I never transgressed your commandments at any time. I'm, I believe in sinless perfectionism and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours, not my brother comes, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, I don't know if it's true, because the Pharisees were big liars. Okay, he says, you've this boy devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. and He said to him, son, You were always with me. All that I have is yours. Uh, We don't know whether the elder brother ever repented. Uh, He had some real spiritual problems. And of course, he was very blind. He was spiritually blind. He said, all these years, I've been working for you. All these years, I've been slaving for you. I've never broken any of your commandments. I am a righteous man because I keep your commandments. And my standing with you depends upon the fact that I have earned your respect because I have attained by your grace to perfection. I've always kept your commandments. But when the son of yours comes, so the elder brother is the third prodigal. Cold, heartless, loveless, judgmental, graceless, unforgiving. Have you ever met people like that? I ask you. Then I think there's another couple of verses we ought to look at, verses 31 and 32. He said to him, Son, you're always with me. How kind. All that I have is yours, Mr. Pharisee. It was right that we should make merry and be glad uh, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Almost too hard to believe. But the father loves the Pharisee. So let's have a recap. There are three prodigals. Remember the word means extravagant. The younger son is a prodigal. He's a prodigal in sin. Number two, the older brother is a prodigal in coldness and self-righteousness. And the old father is a prodigal in grace and love. What a wonderful, wonderful story, the story of the old father. There's a great text in the book of Romans, chapter 3. Oh, let me look at this, here it is. Here's the great painting by Rembrandt, the return of the prodigal. Here is the old father who represents God, behold it. Here is the elder brother, the supercilious, hard-hearted Pharisee, the legalist. But the great text, what is it? There it is, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. The good news my friend is this and it's from my heart to your heart that if you come to the Father, turn to the Father the Father will run down the road to meet you. I learned this when I was a boy growing up in Brisbane. Sinners Jesus will receive. Sound this word of grace to all who the heavenly pathway leave All who linger, all who fall. Sing it over and over again. Christ receiveth sinful men. Make the message clear and plain. Christ receiveth sinful men. He will receive you today. Like the man who came to the meetings in Manila, he came with a knife. Seeking out a man who was coming to my meetings, and he was going to stab that man and kill him in the meeting. But as he heard this sermon being preached, the Spirit of God reached out to that man in the Filipino International Convention Center, and he came to himself. He came to Christ. He was saved. So, how long does it take to be saved? Well, how long does it take to come to yourself? How long does it come? How long does it take to turn around and come to the Father's house? So the message today is this. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. And there is a Father looking down the road, waiting My brother, my sister, to welcome you home, that old father represents God. And he is the greatest prodigal of them all. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound.
0: Time. It takes only a minute to have eternal life. How can you get saved in a minute? It's simple. First, believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Second, accept His free gift of eternal life. And then, you're saved. It's not hard. It doesn't take any time. You can be saved in a minute right now. Pray with me. Lord God, I realize that I am a sinner. My sin has separated me from You. I accept that Your Son, Jesus Christ, died for me. I ask Jesus into my heart. If you prayed this prayer, you are saved. The next thing to do is tell someone, fellowship with other followers of Jesus, get baptized, read your Bible and pray. Choices, we make them every day, all day. The most important choice you will make in your life is whether to choose eternal life or let it pass you by. If you'd like more information about your new life, call the number and visit our website God has blessed us all. Those blessings can be passed down to our families and to the family of Christ. A monetary gift from your estate can be given to support the tremendous work of the Carter Report. Your gift delivers hope to those waiting to hear the Word of God and changes lives all over the world. Vehicles of all kinds, boats, and property can be transformed to support the schools, orphanages, churches, and television programs of the Carter Report. If this is your wish, or if you have questions, please contact us. You can call the number on the screen or write to us. Thank you for making us a part of your legacy.